0: On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, we discuss the coercive control tactics that abusers use to wear you down. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q and A, everyone. I am Brandon Chadwick, and today we're going to be talking about how abusers exhaust you, how they wear you down, to make it very difficult. For you to see things clearly. And before we get into that, if you want to be a guest on our survivor story episodes, please go to our website at narcissistapocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says guest form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our guest form page. And there you can read all of our instructions and either send us an email at narcissistapocalypse at gmail.com or fill out our guest form and press the submit button. And please do send it in the format that we ask for. So today we're going to be talking about exhaustion and abuse and how abusers wear you down and the reasons why they can wear you down or how some of these tactics are used in specific situations to wear you down. And I've talked with I think, over 1,000 abuse survivors by now. And by listening to their stories, I've gotten a pretty decent handle on the different types of abusers, besides the ones that are... After you for your money or are leading a double life and being pretty perfect until they're caught, you know, most of them employ tactics of wearing you down as they abuse you in different ways. And because of the abuse and wear down tactics, you begin acting in ways that aren't like you. You lose yourself. You know, there's confusion, emotional disarray as you're just trying to make sense of what is happening. And and with abuse, as the abuse kind of takes one step further down a road going downward in trajectory of, of being abused and it getting worse and worse at the same time, you know, you're trying to make sense of what is going on. And for the most part in these situations, as the abuse is getting worse and you're trying to figure out what's going on, the more you're exhausted during these situations, the less clarity there is, the more excuses that might be given as far as like why you're staying. And I don't mean to use excuses in a way of blaming in any sort of way. Just, you know, it's harder for you to leave in in a lot of these instances until you really get to the end where like you've had enough you've seen everything there's a lot more clarity to what is is going on and you've been worn down pretty badly until that point to the point where like you've been worn down so much you have nothing nothing left at all so you know many abusers especially narcissistic abusers they want to wear you down so they win you know, you're defeated. We hear that a lot in the show that specifically narcissistic abusers, you know, they want to win at all costs and that you're you're defeated. They won. You know, nothing makes sense most of the time in in, in what's going on. We hear lots of stories with people who are dating an abuser and like the abuser is in a real stunted, arrested development. They could be eight-year-old, tantrums, 10-year-olds. Uh, you might be in a relationship with someone who's a 14-year-old or a 15-year-old in that type of mentality. And a lot of times you're trying to think that someone's going to act like an, a, an adult, but you know they're just trying to get their way and win, and they're acting out, and they're acting out their trauma onto you. And whether they're relentlessly criticizing your ideas or plans, priorities, you know, if they insist upon conformity, there's control here, even when the issue isn't relevant at all. You know, there's minimization that could be going on, a lot of emotional neglect as well that could be happening. And, you know, these things wear you down and these things can take a toll on you to the extent that you are No longer who you once were. And it might be a very slow change. And you could start being negative when you weren't negative before. You will most likely be abandoning your core values. You could have anxiety, depression rumination, fears, hypervigilance, you know, these things are getting into you, this negativity, anxiety, depression, you know, rumination, these things are taking your energy, you're getting exhausted by all of these things, your fears, hypervigilance, you know, these things are now inside of you and traveling up and down your body and your brain are working harder and you're getting more exhausted every time this is is happening. And in the combination of this, each time when you give in 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 these cases and you give in because it's it's for your survival and you're doing everything to be as safe as possible. But every time when that happens, whether it be in in fear or if there's just, you know, a real annoyance in the sense of. I call it like a crude abuser who just starts banging head first to wear you down. You know, I use the word annoyance, but they're really just trying to wear you down. And every time you kind of give into that, you you do lose a piece of yourself in, in the process. And the abuser wants you to empty yourself and they want to fill that with their presence and you being an individual in many ways could be a threat to that person. So the abuser is just really going through their own loops, their own, you know, cycle that they're reliving and the trauma that they went through, except they're acting out what's going on with them onto you in a very abusive way. And it's nothing that you do did yourself and you can't be blamed for anything because you've done nothing wrong. They're just trying to protect their emotional wounds. And it's very difficult for many abusers, specifically narcissistic abusers, to be able to even look at those wounds. There's a lot of shame that is involved. But when it comes to abusers and narcissistic abusers wearing you down is a big thing as far as tactics go and keeping you in the abuse for longer and sometimes these different types of exhaustions these types of things can be compounded upon each other and some of them have the the same use and then some of them have have different uses. And I'm going to get into that in one second. So I've created a list of things, uh, different types of tactics that are employed to get you exhausted and what those things will accomplish for the abuser. So the first one on my list was something that wasn't the first thing originally but i decided this kind of has to be the first one to me and it's monitoring and controlling daily activities in a lack of privacy you know keeping track of your activities whereabouts communication invading personal space and and violating boundaries and i wanted to put this one first specifically because in the early stages of dating an abuser, a lot of the time we hear on the show is the first boundary pushing when it comes to monitoring, checking in, constant texts while you're out, things along those lines. And, and those things are exhausting. And at the beginning of these relationships, they might say that they're doing it out of love. They're doing it out of care. They're doing it out of safety. But still, it's exhausting. And, you know, you're, instead of relaxing where you are, you're constantly thinking about, oh, I have to check in. I have to do this. I have to do that. You know, your mind is not in the present moment, but it's on someone else. And, you know, you're, you're, it's the beginning of someone who's kind of watching you like a hawk. It's stressful. It's the beginning of setting up, you know, being in a bit of a prison. And this is something that happens very early on in a lot of relationships and you don't even see it you know technically in your mind abuse hasn't even happened even though this is the testing of these boundaries these monitoring these check-ins You know, these things are slowly wearing you down. Your energy is being zapped. You can't relax wherever you go. And this is a really prime early spot for you to get worn down without realizing, as I just already said, and this can move into controlling your daily activities. You know, you're being worn down already by the check ins of everything that's become normalized. So they kind of wore down your boundary here with the first boundary test. So this is a little bit of a wearing down the boundary. So when it gets to like controlling your daily activities, you're already worn down. You're already losing yourself with these first requests and your clarity into this situation isn't there? You know, they come up with these excuses, and all of a sudden, you know, you've been shifted from one type of tracking and, and monitoring to now like controlling daily daily activities, possibly. And this might seem reasonable at this point because you've already gone through the first part; you already gave in to the first part. You know, with their excuse of of why and. You you throw in some compounding things, fear tactics, emotional abuse on top of that. This also can become, you know, very draining. And, you know, if you do fight back sometimes as well on the controlling your daily activities type of stuff, word salads, circular conversations might happen, which will just wear you down a little bit further until you kind of give in. And, you know, that could be like a real big step too. If you do kind of fight back at all, you know, then there's this further wear down of what's going on. And then there's a lack of privacy, which is going to wear you down. Sometimes you just need your own time to be alone and, you know, The abuser might be staying or standing in the room with you, asking you too many things about your day. Like there's no little privacy at all about what's going on. It's completely infiltrated. There's a lot of just personal boundary violations. They're they're trying to not have you be autonomous. So you're in their control. They want to be in control and you just want to go about your day, but they're making it impossible to do without interruption. And that's taxing on you. You're thinking about them. You're doing these check-ins. Even when you're alone, you don't have a moment to yourself because they're always on your mind. And this is just a form of like wearing you down in, in the long run, you know, this kind of going on as like this baseline throughout the whole entire relationship. And as I stated before, and why this one I put first is because this is the beginning of boundary pushing and wearing down boundaries and the very crude, like possible, you know, punching forward being like, why not? Why not? Circular conversations and convincing. And this is like, uh, to me, a big way of like the first slipping of losing who you are, your identity. And for many people, many abuse victims, this is point one and and where things begin. And up next, I have here on the list fear-based tactics, and this isn't a full list, but this could be throwing things, leaving weapons out, cutting off rooms, rages, physical abuse, destroying your property, abusing pets, threats to hurt you, threats to leave you, stalking. These fear-based tactics will always have you on guard there's anxiety stress you'll always be in a constant state of hyper vigilance you'll be thinking about them in a lot of these instances and not yourself at all you'll be trying to put out fires before they even begin you'll be walking on eggshells all the time you know Even in the calm periods when it comes to fear-based tactics, there could be calm in the home, but you internally are still not calm. You know, you're like a constant home alarm system that's been armed and you're on guard. You'll always have that red light on. And to live this way is absolutely exhausting. At first, you might be able to handle it, but... After listening to so many survivors, for the most part, as time goes on, this type of exhaustion, you know, takes its toll and you begin to slip away. So when blow ups do happen, you'll start to find yourself in a deeper hole in most cases. And with fear based abuse tactics, you're just, as I said before, you're always on alert. So your body's always in this mode of thinking about how you're going to stop things and you know, wearing you down through these fear-based tactics. There's less clarity of what's going on. And that gets compounded when you take the fear-based tactics and you add on the emotional manipulation, which is the next thing that we're going to be talking about. So emotional manipulation, also doubt-based tactics. This can be Gaslighting, minimization, denial, blame, criticizing, shame, put downs. You know, doubt based tactics alone are exhausting. It's part of an emotional manipulation to doubt your thoughts, your feelings, memories beliefs about yourself, your abilities, everything about your identity, doubts about your family, your friends. Isolation can be a big part of this category as well. The more doubt that can be created inside of you, the more they are controlling you, the more circles inside your head you're going to be running around in. So if you are being gaslit about something they say you lost, let's say you're going to run in a circle that takes mental energy from there. They might make you doubt your memory and your confidence. So now you begin to think that you aren't smart and now you could be running around in a circle in your head about that. That takes mental energy. If they use put downs to question parts of your identity, eventually you might start to believe it. So you might go into overdrive to prove That that thing that they are saying isn't true. That takes mental energy and that sometimes takes physical energy as well. You're being worn down, you know, bit by bit. The more these doubts can happen, the more this um, emotional manipulation can happen, you know, it can have you in such loops that. You just get more exhausted within the circles that you are are running in in your own head. And that gets you even more tired. And when you're tired and you're exhausted, you know, the less clear things can become when it comes to doubt, you know, throwing you further away from who you were at the beginning. Here, they're casting doubt on everything and, and tiring you out at the same time. And you stop to believe who you were Anymore, And within that process, if you start to doubt yourself, your memory, your identity, all of a sudden, you know, going back to those fear based tactics that we've talked about with that already going on and the different types of exhaustion that occurs with that being hyper vigilant the whole entire time and your body being in this overdrive for that because you're always on, you know, when it comes to the, these fear-based tactics combined with this, you might not know what is what anymore. And you'll most likely be exhausted in multiple ways. You know, the first by always thinking about them and how to keep, you know, you safe and how to keep things safe. And then second, all of the things they have you running in circles about your own identity. And when you can, combine these two things and the exhaustion that is going on from the circles and the hypervigilance, when a lot of these fear-based tactics are employed, they could gaslight you in certain situations. Your clarity might not be there anymore. You know, part of the fog is fear. And with the fear and the emotional manipulation and gaslighting that could be going on, you're already at a depleted level. And at that depleted level, even though the gaslighting is happening and there's this emotional manipulation, it's easier to be confused when you're tired. It's easier for them to trick you. It's easier for them to manipulate you to think that what has happened hasn't happened. And Exhausting you through the hypervigilance and through the emotional manipulation combined together is a real big danger to you. And, you know, you don't have any rest. And now, as you kind of go further and deeper into a hole, this combination right here is, is pretty lethal as far as you just being more depleted and, again, you being... So much different than who you were at the start of this relationship. And whereas fear based exhaustion is one thing, you know, the combination with the emotional manipulation and the doubt based tactics adds on another form of exhaustion to just make the excuses from the fear abuse tactics work even better. And up next, we have guilt. And I know that we already had the category of emotional abuse, but I think guilt just deserved its own category on its own when it comes to exhaustion. You know, guilt is in the fear, obligation, and guilt. And I guess you can kind of put obligation in in here with guilt as well. They're both coming kind of from the same place. And, you know, we have just so many people pleasers, Caretakers, people with empathy for others that are are victims of abuse, and for abusers who like to play the victim, you know guilt can become their biggest weapon of how they wear you down and how they abuse you and, and guilt can just you know flat out exhaust you, and guilt keeps you in the fog, it keeps you from having any sort of clarity at all. And once you're in guilt, I mean, you're in it. And most of us feel guilt when we do something that we think hurts others or disappoints others. So, you know, many abusers can always use guilt as a way to control you. They will make you feel like you are the one who has done them wrong. And if you are in this guilt and it's weaponized against you, You'll always be overdoing things in a lot of cases, you know, to make sure that you don't hurt them. You begin to caretake. The guilt starts to drive you. So, you know, you might not just be emotionally exhausted from the feeling of guilt that could be really tearing you apart, but your efforts to try and not feel that guilt are doubly exhausting and it can also be really physical, too and you know when guilt is running you, it's wearing you down, you really can't think straight, you're only thinking of them. It's a full body reaction. You know, your senses are always tingling. You know, you might be fully lost at this point. Your identity and clarity might fully be gone. You know, the further they've put you down this guilt hole, it's part of, you know, as I said, the fear, obligation and guilt, it's hard to get out from. And it's exhausting. And again, as I said before, The more exhausted you are, the more they can kind of push you further away from who you once were to give up autonomy, to, you know, have excuses for the uh, abuses that might happen. And even when it comes to the physical abuses and the threats and and the fear-based tactics, because they might make you feel like it was your fault and that you were the one that did something wrong. And the more that they can keep you exhausted and thinking about them and running in these circles. And when it comes to guilt, you know, feeling like you've done them wrong all the time, you know, you're working on overdrive and, you know, again, it's just depleting you to not have clear decision-making ability and and for those of you that are going through abuse who blame yourself for a lot of the things that are going on, I just want to remind you that, you know, you're being depleted the whole entire way and you're tired and you're running on empty. You're constantly trying to fill up their tank from your empty tank and specifically here a lot here when it comes to guilt more than a, a, some of the other things when you're trying to constantly do do that you know they're gaining things from it you're not and it's hard to fight back at that point it's hard to see things clearly at that point you know depression might be setting in and you don't even know what's going on anymore because sometimes specific feelings are stronger than others, so it 's hard to feel your feelings when you 're running on guilt it's hard to feel these other things about yourself because they 've depleted you in such a way you 're just kind of running on these other feelings and and not being able to take the time to to rest and understand what 's actually going on with in you in a lot of cases there is no rest period and keeping you in these exhausted states is important for them to you know keep control or to maintain the status quo of how things are going and the way that they like it and you know that is guilt And up next, we have exhaustive behaviors and lack of help. So taking care of kids, cleaning the home, sleep, food, medical deprivation, circular conversations, word salads, arguments over nothing. You know, everything in this category to me is just used to create exhaustion for the sake of it. Or because they just don't want to take responsibility and sometimes arguments or word salads or circular conversations can be about their lack of responsibility when it comes to kids and, and household duties amongst other things and all of these things add to the exhaustion types of the abuses that we 've already mentioned, the tactics that we 've mentioned, which you know just keep you very depleted in, in a very depleted state, so you don 't see things very clearly you aren't getting the rest that you need, and these arguments that you can get into can get you riled up, and then they just end when they want them to end and they're confusing you could be trying to talk about these other situations that are also like kind of being used to to confuse but you were just being depleted further and further and the more you were depleted as you know we stated before the more of an opportunity for an abuser to really have you not see things clearly and to to really keep you in in control. And you know, when it comes to the lack of help specifically, you know, taking care of the kids, taking care of the home, you're doing everything. They put all the responsibility on you. They know that you'll pick up the slack on things. And if you don't pick up the slack on things, then it's your problem as well. And a lot of these cases, when it comes to the lack of help, you're dealing a lot of the time with someone who's a very stunted, could be like in the teenager phase or or, or a younger who might throw tantrums about these things and makes you even more tired. We've heard so many stories on our show for people that are taking care of their newborns by themselves, their children by themselves, the house by themselves. They're, they're tired and, you know, when you're taking care of all of these things, it's hard for you to fight against all of the other things that are going on and you just kind of go with them because you're being depleted in this other way. You know, all of your resources are being focused on this other stuff that's going on that's depleting you, that's exhausting you. So it's hard to take up for yourself on the other abuses that could be going on at that time cuz you're at this point in in survival mode and, you know, these exhaustive behaviors and lack of help really contribute to your exhaustion and, you know, some of these behaviors as well, as I mentioned, they kind of put you in these circles or confusion and they're tiring in and themselves, you know, just those acts themselves. So sometimes you might even just stop asking or you might stop bugging them about something because, you know, they do a very good job of exhausting you from getting. Anywhere, and once again, this is another form of, of of abuse and tactics that are used to really exhaust you and, and and keep you in a relationship and not questioning things as well. And the last one on the list is sabotage, and I have under this undermining your efforts, plans, or goals. You know, you have already been doing work, exerting effort. This could be in childcare. This could be at work. This could be your financial goals. This could be sabotaging holidays, birthdays, big days. You know, they, a lot of abusers just want to find a way to destroy it. You know, these things really start to Add up. They like to cut you off at your knees. This can set you into anger, sadness, frustration. It can be debilitating in many ways when it comes to the sabotage of things you've been planning for or just big days. It can leave you scrambling more than normal. You put energy and hope into something. You know, imagine building a house and every step of the way they're removing bricks or pulling out wiring. And then eventually you finally do get, you know, to the point where you build the roof and you're pretty happy but within the undermining of the building that's happened you weren't able to catch all the things that they were removing and boom the house just falls down the struggle to you know build things to plan things to have goals and to give efforts to something is already exerting energy but when you throw the sabotage in there you're just exhausted and to me a lot of the things in this category can be really can be related to not having the energy to leave or they've created such a hole you don't have the energy to know where to go And they can really try to destroy your education, your work, your finances. With with this category, you could have been working really hard to get out of the relationship as many of the things here in my mind can be really related to financial abuse. You know, the mere thought of figuring out work or education Or finances that they destroyed. It seems exhausting to restart these efforts after you've been putting in efforts that they've been trying to cut you off at. You know, the mental effort and agony it causes, you know, can keep people in relationships much longer. And it's a way to wear you down using these big things because your energy is already up for a lot of this stuff. And then they kind of cut you off. And, that takes this extra energy out of you as well. It's like blowing up the balloon only to pop it. And the one thing I haven't mentioned in sabotage when it has to come to kids is how they can sabotage plans or things for your kids as well to get at you, which takes a lot of energy because you're not just mad or upset or angry for yourself. You know now you're also feeling this for your for your kids as well, trying to protect them as best as as you can. And it's just another way to wear you down and in post separation abuse, you know, this is a huge tactic that they can't get to you in a lot of ways anymore that you're out of the relationship but in post separation abuse sabotage can become a huge thing first in kind of getting to that point of points post separation and sabotaging your efforts there but then trying to really sabotage your relationship with your kids or sabotaging the kids just to get back at you knowing that if they're going to not pick up the kid one day When they're supposed to and the child is is going to be standing there by themselves waiting at a practice or something like that, you're going to be the one that's going to pick up the slack. It's physical. It's a lot of different energy that's being exerted. It's depleting you. And in this case, when it comes to the post-separation part, as I stated at the beginning of this whole entire thing, there's a specific type of abuser that just wants to see you defeated, And you exerting your energy and getting depleted is specifically in this one uh, something that they can really hang their hat on and feel like they've won. You know, just that they know that your energy is being taken from you. And that's, you know, just the way that they think sometimes, which is sad. It's angering. It's frustrating. It's. All these different feelings and for everyone who's going through that right now, you know, I'm sending out a big hug uh, to all of you because I know how frustrating that that can be for all of you. So with all that being said, you know, coming to this point, I know it's very difficult to do and it's easy for me to say, but rest is so important and to figure out within the process of where you are in the relationship, how to get that rest. The more rest you can get, the more clarity you can have. And I know I'm saying that from a very privileged position, but, you know, they're trying to deplete you in so many different ways so you don't have any clarity. And the more clarity you can get, the better. And you know the more rest in some ways you can get, and that could be journaling, you know, Finding different ways throughout the day to kind of get your feelings out on paper, not just the feelings that they want you to feel, but the feelings that are underneath that as well. Getting you to feel more about the other things that are going on can be a really big thing. Even within your phone, at some point during the day, try to have some practice where you're just being able to kind of let your feelings flow. And have them seen outside of your brain so you can actually see them on paper and say to yourself, this is how I am feeling. It's just something very simple to start like that to kind of get you out of the flow of their flow and back into some sort of flow where you can see that you can write down guilt. But say the, the guilt is coming from them and then you can write the other feelings and you maybe just start making a feelings journal whose feelings are who, who's creating these feelings, you know, what are yours, what are the ones they're trying to make you feel and start separating them as best you can to get a little bit of, of clarity there as well. And as I said, the more rest at certain points of the day that you can get uh, the better and it'll just, you know, help you get more clarity, which is kind of why I wanted to do this episode, just to give people a reminder of how you're being exhausted and how important it is to figure your way out to get to a point of clarity, to start really making moves possibly to, to leave the relationship. So that is it for today's episode. I hope you found it helpful. And if you want to be a guest On our Survivor Story episodes, please do go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. When you click on that button, it takes you to our Guest Form page. There, you can read all of our instructions and either send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com or fill out a guest form and press the Submit button, and please do send it in the format that we ask for. And we have a support group, so if you need support, join our support group at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Support Group. Click on it, and you'll see that we have our very own safe social network there. We have forum boards for you to post on to get the validation that you need from survivors just like you. You can make friends on there. We have Zoom meetings every Wednesday night, Thursday afternoons, and Saturday nights. And it's just a good group of people on there. So if you need support, join our support group today. And that is it for today's episode. I hope you found it helpful and I hope you have a good night.